There has never been a better time than now to come join the Belicio Foods team. Belicio has a new contract in place with plenty of awesome perks for their employees. From increased wages, access to the free health clinic, vacation after six months, and much more, Belicio Foods is committed to putting their employees first. For more information or to apply, visit BelicioFoods.com slash careers. Take advantage of these great new employee benefits and join the Belicio team today. Visit BelicioFoods.com slash careers to learn more. Welcome to another edition of the morning show right here on Main Street TV. And of course, Jennifer, to start your morning with our good friend, and we've missed you a little bit, Phil Buffington here, to give us the latest and greatest on the news that's going on. And of course, our morning news updates brought to you by Nia Henry, agent for Appalachia Realty. If you're looking to buy or sell or have any real estate needs, please call Nia 740-418-4135 and she'll work hard for you. Because she works hard all the time. Yes, she does. <laughs> so, Phil, uh, we gave Pete a little bit more time off this morning. So you got the you drew the short straw <laughs> and had to come talk with me this morning. <laughs> so no, but we're happy to have you here. It's always a good time. Thank you. Yeah. So what the heck? You know, you said that there's a lot of news yeah. going on. Um, by the way, and I don't know if this is in your stack or not, but I did see a message from the sheriff this morning that said the nine one one. Um, service is back in operation. Yeah, they had that back up and running yesterday at about 11.30 a.m. Okay, good. So okay. Luckily, it was only down for a few hours. That's some scary stuff. When yeah. you're used to something, you know, you tell your kids, call 911. You, you do those things, then you... Oh, by the way, you need to look up, memorize the uh, Jackson Police Department's <laughs> number now because 911 doesn't work. They did say shortly after that, the when they made the first announcement that the system had gone down, that when people call would call 911 in such an event that it's automatically routed to the Jackson Police Department. Okay, so if you do call, yeah. did call, it would get you there. Okay. Right, and I think they were just encouraging people like in the Wellston area or anywhere, you know, to call, to call local. the local police department yeah. and then it would be routed to the the uh, correct people. Okay. Well, don't have to worry about it nope. anymore. Service is back up and running. And of course, as always, thanks to Sheriff Ted Frazier for keeping us updated on all the things going on. I don't know that, that we've ever had anybody that keeps us updated as much as he does. No. He is amazing. So. And we're lucky enough to have Jennifer Hughes over there, too, as their public That's information right. officer. So she's a former editor of a newspaper. I, she's old, all about the old news. Old newspaper girl. Yeah. It's just still in her blood, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. She was all over it yesterday. Yep. All right. So what the heck's going on? <sighs> a lot. Um, I guess I'll start with the uh, football <laughs> games tomorrow night. So we've had, we had two cancellations of games for Jackson and Vinton County both, but they were both able to be rescheduled. Um, oh, the teams that they were set to play both had uh, COVID uh, complications. So um, it looks like the Ironmen were scheduled to host Licking Valley um, in Jackson at Alumni Stadium. Uh, that game was canceled due to COVID-19 cases in Licking Valley. Yep. Um, however, uh, Jackson Athletic Director Pat Stevens was able to secure a replacement opponent, and that is the Tri-Valley Scotties. So they <laughs> will still be able to play. I want to see their mascot. Yeah. How cute. <laughs> so they'll, they'll still play in Jackson at 7 p.m. Okay, so game's still on, just game's different opponent. Yep. Okay. And uh, kind of the same situation in Benton County. They were scheduled to play Trimble this Friday. 
Um, that game was also canceled when Trimble suspended all football activities for a week. Um, but the Vinton County High School Athletic Director, Matt Combs, was able to uh, likewise find a replacement, and they will be playing Zane Trace. Uh, that's a high school in Ross County. And that game will be played at Zane Trace at 7 p.m. So those have both been rescheduled. All right. Well, that's good, though, that they're still able to play. Yeah, it is. Hey, speaking of football, guess what tonight is? Buckeyes. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Didn't even know. You, Phil. If it doesn't happen in Jackson <laughs> County, I probably don't know about it. You're the news guy. <laughs> yeah, no. The Buckeyes played tonight, and... Um, First game, it's weird. It's a Thursday. That is weird. Um, kind of hard for me. It's really hard to get into the excitement of it when it's on a Thursday night. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Jamie's like, "Hey, let's make some chili," because that's what we always do on Saturdays. I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, we'll just do the same things. It'll just be on a work night." And it was kind of cold this morning so i mean it, it a little bit of a touch of, of fall out there yeah so. that's exactly right and and your weather forecast which we'll do here in a little bit but yeah a little bit cooler temperatures those jackets have to come back out yeah, and I'm ready. Um, definitely football weather uh so that's a good thing but yep ohio state does play tonight i think it is it eight o'clock james yeah uh kickoff is at eight o'clock and, and they play was it minnesota it's minnesota oh. and it will be on the radio at 98.7 fm that's nice. right. So you can um, download that Total Media Radio app, and um, uh, so the Buckeye games have to be blacked out on the app. Oh, so that's right. I'm those, sorry, but it will be on the regular radio. So you can oh, just okay. turn it on the radio. That's right. On the app, they have to black that out. So, uh, but yeah, you can um, listen on the radio, or, and we're not doing the Mixler thing anymore. No. Okay. So tune in the radio. You can listen to the Buckeyes and. Um, well, pray that they win the first game. I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, typically we start out with Mother Mary's Kitty Academy. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why we're actually, you know. Yeah, that's a that's even a conference playing game. Playing a conference game, right. Hmm. So, anyway, we'll see. Everything else is weird. Why not have that be weird, too? 100%. 100%. I, so. I, think, I think pretty much all the schools are doing that. They're going just straight into, you know. Just in case. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think it's... Be Partially because people complained about big schools playing small schools. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I mean, there is something yeah. to that, you know, when. when Isn't playing. Ohio State due to play OU again at some point? Don't they play every so often? Probably. But yeah. that, I mean, but that's kind of a regional rivalry. That's, yeah. That's a little bit different. It's pretty lopsided, though. Yeah. I don't know. OU gave them a, a run for their money, like, in a half in last a half. time they played. <laughs> um, no, they did, actually. You're correct on that. I remember. Um, but I think Ohio State kind of has a tough schedule this year, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting here, I'm trying to find find it so I say it right. Um, OU plays Syracuse in their first game. Oh. Um, but Marshall is playing, I think it's the Air Force Academy. Oh. Which is kind of an interesting first game. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Well, it's going to be interesting to see with all the COVID madness and whatever Yeah, that isn't over, by the way. Um, no. That's mostly what this news is this morning. Correct. So just, um, just let everyone know. You know, it's going to be interesting to see where this um, where this all heads with, with sports and school and all that. But I know you have stories about that, so I won't rain on your parade. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just to correct myself real quick, I said the Air Force Academy. It's the Naval Academy. Naval Academy. 
Uh, one quick announcement uh, due to the increased local cases of COVID-19 and the recommendations of local public health officials, the Madison Jefferson Firefighters Association has canceled its weekly bingo sessions for the next two weeks Okay. on Saturday, September 4th and Saturday, September 11th. So I wanted to get that out there before I forgot. Um, now we'll go into the situations in the schools locally. Um, it was announced yesterday morning that Vinton County Schools, all staff and students starting today have to wear masks inside all school buildings. Okay. Um, Vinton County, of course, had uh, a very interesting um, school board meeting before the start of the school year. Had a lot of... Uh, As did a lot of school boards. Right, yeah. I had a lot of vocal members of the public come out and express their opinions on the mask situation. Particular, they were focused in that particular meeting mostly on uh, the masks in buses, um, which is a federal mandate through the CDC. Um, but that's one you can't argue. No, you can't argue Just that. Get past the bus thing and move on to something else. But yesterday morning, <clears throat> um, Vinton County Superintendent Rick Brooks sent out a robocall to all uh, students and staff and family and um, to let everybody know that they had considered and reviewed the current COVID data and decided that they would go ahead and mandate the masks. Um, he also said that he would be monitoring the situation pretty much constantly to um, at some point maybe be able to take that mandate away. But currently that's the situation. Um, and that is in light of the fact that Vinton County has a tremendous number of cases and quarantines right now. Um, according to the last update that they had on their school website, they had over 70 cases in students and staff members combined and well over 220 quarantines currently. Wow. And that's, that's more than double all the school districts in Jackson County combined. Yikes. Um, Vinton County's always been, I yeah. mean, through this entire thing has been... Um, relatively low. Yeah, they were the last county in Ohio to even have a positive COVID case when yep. all this first got started. Um, but unfortunately, things have really hit an upswing oh, there no, in Vinton County. Oh, no, I hate that. Um, but Jackson, of course, started the school with masks. They were the only school district in the two-county area to mandate masks right from the get-go. Which was quite controversial. Yes, it was. If you remember. Yes. Uh, Venn County made it like an a elective, right? Like yeah, every, just... pretty much every other school district um, in the two-county area made it optional for everybody okay. to wear a mask if they wanted to. Um, but now, the only school district that remains... Um, optional is Oak Hill, who currently doesn't have any reported positive cases in the schools and no po and no quarantines at this moment. Oh, wow. Good uh, for you, Oak Hill. Yeah. Um, Wellston also announced uh, yesterday afternoon and posted the information uh, just this morning that they, too, are moving to mandated masks for students and staff in all school buildings. Mm. Um, and that's due to 15-plus um, positive cases that they've just uh, gotten in the past week which has exponentially increased their at necessary the quarantines at schools, Whoa. yes. Um, so they've, they've gone ahead and announced that they will be requiring masks also. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Like I said, Oak Hill right, right now has no cases, no quarantines, so they're the only ones that still have the option. Every other school district in the two-county area it is mandated uh, starting today. Do you have, are we going to discuss this? Yes. Okay. 
I just want to make sure that that was something that we discussed. Yeah, we'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and move straight into that okay. also. Because um, it's very important it is. for people to know. And as all these cases and quarantines and masks and all that start to come back into the limelight, um, Health Commissioner Kevin Aston attended uh, the Tuesday morning meeting of the commissioners to go ahead and bring everybody up to speed like he has been in, in the past couple of weeks. Yep. However, this time it was a little different. Um, he's not issuing any mandates. Nobody is, you know, forced or required to wear masks in public at this moment. But he did point out the fact that his recommendation right now is for people to go ahead and get back into the habit of social distancing six feet, uh, wearing masks in public, especially when indoors, uh, to continue being di diligent about hand washing and hygiene and to uh, get vaccinated if they haven't already. And this is due to the fact that the current number of cases that we're seeing here locally is akin to the levels that we were at in about December or January when this had really peaked, we thought. it was really thought. bad, yeah. So, and we, we've surpassed the numbers that we saw at this time last year. So we're in a worse situation than we were uh, last summer, and we're actually getting to when the point. When we all thought it was going away. Yeah, yeah. Here we are still. And we're to the point now... Uh, with hospitalizations, uh, especially in Region 7, of which Jackson County is a part, um, the the trend right now, the trajectory is heading toward where we were in the wintertime when we thought this all had peaked. So we are right back where we were um, at what we thought was the worst of it. Um, throughout August, Jackson County saw 226 new COVID cases and an alarming figure with that was the fact that 26% of those new cases involves people under the age of 19, whereas before it wasn't really affecting younger people. Right. Um, that's really started to change quite a bit. Um, he said as of Tuesday morning, we had 43 active cases and five active hospitalizations, and there was one uh, recently confirmed death. Um, the last I had checked, our vaccination rate for the county was right around 39%, 40%. Yeah. So there's still kind of uh, abysmal, isn't it? Yeah. There's still a lot of room for improvement there. And in Vinton County, it's even lower than that. I think it's right around 33 or 34%. And I think they're second only to Holmes County, which is famous for its uh, Amish, massive Amish population. Amish population. So that's probably why their numbers are so low um, as far as vaccination goes. Um, but there was a conference call Tuesday morning with Kevin and the commissioners uh, okay. that involved some of the elected officials here in the county. Um, and on that conference call was Wellston Fire Chief and Code Enforcement Officer Ryan Pelletier. He asked the question with the Coal Festival coming up, or the Ohilco Festival, I'm sorry, and yes. the Apple Festival coming up, um, if there were any special, you know, paperwork that needed to be filed, anything like that. And um, Mr. Aston pointed out that while there are some small changes that will need to take place, the events will happen. However, he did say that there are steps people can take to attend a street festival to, to do so safely. And that, of course, would be to wear a mask, um, socially distance, try to stay with members of your own household, mm -hmm. don't intermingle with you know large groups of people. Which goes against everything that these fairs and festivals yeah. are about, which, you know, mean people their homecomings yeah for folks so 
and especially wow, that's rough. Yeah, especially on the heels of not having either of the two festivals last Gosh, year. Everybody's going to be wound up. Yeah. Yeah, but he he's encouraging. Of course, like I said, he's not mandating anything, um, but he's encouraging people to just be as safe as they possibly can um, during these well attended events. Um, and he pointed out too, and he wanted to be quoted on this that the U.S. military is currently requiring vaccinations for its forces. So he basically was saying, you know, if our national defense depends on vaccinated military members, then he would encourage members of the public to take that as seriously as why, our U.S. government has. Why do you think that, yeah, why do you think you're smarter than that? Yeah, basically. Um, um, so some, some county office holders have already gotten back to um, implementing those health protocols that they had in, had in place this past winter, yep. um, including Judge Regan in the Common Police Court. Um, his staff are all wearing masks and uh, you know, checking temperatures and things like that. I was in the auditor's office yesterday. They, they were, okay. still had the plexiglass up and were wearing masks. Good. Yep. And uh, Tammy Osborne-Smith said they're doing the same thing at Job and Family Services. So uh, at this point, I mean, the commissioners would be the ultimate authority on mandating masks in, you know, county offices like the, the courthouse where there are several county offices all in one. Um, but they haven't taken that step. I think they're assuming everyone will just do the right thing and they don't have to go down that path. Right. Now, you know, Commissioner Haller did mention that it's something that they might have to consider if things continue to get the, get worse. And uh, Kevin Aston did say that, that it would be his recommendation to go ahead and and require the uses the use of masks in uh, large county offices like the courthouse, but like I said, that such a step hasn't been taken yet. But uh, it looks to me like we're um, we're worse off than we were this time last year, and we're heading toward being in the same situation, if not worse, than when we thought this was at its peak back in December and January. So what you're saying is COVID is not over. COVID is not over. Okay, just clarifying that you're saying that. COVID is not over. Um, I just want to say, <laughs> I want to say um, a couple of things. Number one, I talked to Health Commissioner Aston yesterday. I want to thank him so much for taking my call because I know I, I just had a, a question for him. I know how busy he is. Oh, they're swamped. Um, and he was kind enough to take my call. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, but even... I can't even remember in the thick of, of things last year him being an aggressive isn't the word, but him actually saying the things that he said that he has said recently. Yeah. Um, and when I talked to him yesterday, he was like, I just, I'm, I'm, I just wish people would like mask up and yeah. do these things again. And, and he wasn't preaching or anything. It was just, and, you know, I just said, what are, you, what are you thinking? Like, what can we do? And he was like, we need to get back to doing what we were doing before. Yep. So um, if that's what it takes, then cool to remain open and, and allow, you know, still be allowed to go to a restaurant or to the movies or to a concert or whatever. Like, he's he's asking. Yeah, he's, he's asking. He's, he's asking very kindly. <laughs> I don't want to have to force you all to do the right thing. So would you just please do it? And he pointed um, out, too, that these decisions are going to probably have to just be made by individual people because the state 
more than likely isn't going to issue any mandates like they did. They've kind of run from it. Yeah, it's the political climate's changed. Yeah. Um, so it's going to it's going to come down to personal accountability and responsibility. So he's just he's asking. He's he's even said on numerous occasions that he doesn't like to have to give these reports. He doesn't want to have to be the person saying these things. No, he, he knowing him, as, he definitely doesn't no. want to. He he's not like that no. at all. And he's just he's just as much as anybody else. He wants this to be over with, but it's well, not. Yeah, it's just not. So um, the situation is what it is. Um, he's encouraging everybody to just go back to how everything was in the winter when it was basically how it is right now, and do everything that you can to try to stop this. Because I mean, there have been numerous breakthrough cases even where people that are vaccinated are getting the virus still 100 percent. it lessens the you know we all know those now yeah yeah it, like, it lessens the symptoms it doesn't have such an effect that you have to go to the hospital and get put on a ventilator you know most of the time but you still get sick and you still have to be put on quarantine um yep as the situation is now if you are vaccinated and you've had an exposure to somebody that has COVID and you don't get any symptoms and maybe you even go get tested and you test negative, you don't have to quarantine. Which is fantastic. Yeah, it is. That's that's reason enough to go get um, your vaccine. That's, that's one of the main reasons why they are pushing people to get the vaccine is so that we can keep everything going despite all these, you know, cases and increases in numbers and all. Um, if everybody takes the necessary steps, then we don't have to shut down restaurants and we don't have to cancel the Apple Festival and we don't have to Correct. worry about who's going to play what team on Friday night. And, uh, and especially in the schools, uh, as Mr. Brooks and uh, Mrs. Bach pointed out yesterday, um, they're mandating these masks so that they can reduce the number of necessary quarantines so that they can keep the doors open for instruction. Because we Correct. learned last year that online oh. education is just not a viable option right now. Um, so we don't want these kids to miss out on yet another extended period of time of learning and that social interaction with their friends and uh, so on and so forth. So these kids need that structure. They need to be able to be in the buildings and learning. Um, and if these numbers get too out of control, they'll have to, they'll have to shut them down. And who knows what will yeah, happen as we, a result. We cannot have these kids go back home. We, no. it, there is 100% of people are going to say that that can't happen. It yeah. cannot happen. They need to be in school and for a myriad of reasons, yeah. um, not just necessarily education. So, okay, here's the big question, boys, since you're both here. James is behind the scenes over there. So you're in Jackson, Ohio, and you walk up to the door of a business, and there's a sign on the door that says, we're requiring you to wear a mask. Do you get all mad and turn around and walk away? Do you put your mask on and walk in the business? What do you do? Because this is, here we go. These are going to be the decisions that individual business owners have to make. Um, are you offended by that? Are you happy about it? You know, how do you guys feel about it? I mean, I'm not thrilled about it, but I'm not going to get mad and storm away. I'll just put my mask on. I have one right here. Um, I mean, so I, I pretty much, as soon as I realized things were trending back toward how, you know, where, where they were at the peak of all of this or what we thought was the peak, I just started to carry one around anyway. Um, I live in Athens, so you have to. I have to if I want to. You want to go anywhere in Athens, <laughs> you're going to put a mask on your face. But I mean, it sucks. I don't like it that it's still this way, but it is what it is, and I'll I'll put a mask on if I if I'm asked to. Just I'm vaccinated. I have I've been around people that have had it. Um, I've been lucky enough not to get it. So this 
me wearing a mask isn't doing anything for me. It's doing something for everybody else. So that's the way I tend to look at it. Right, because people are not understanding that you can be a carrier mm -hmm. for this and have no symptoms whatsoever, which yes. is really bizarre, but it can happen. Uh, James, what do you think? I agree with Phil. He said, said it very well. Okay. So you're not going to turn around and get mad and storm off or... You know, I, I feel like as a business owner, I just hope that people will respect that the business owners are doing right by their staff and their customers and doing what's right for their particular situation. Yeah. Um, because there are some places where I feel like, you know, you wouldn't feel like it would be uh, a big deal. And yeah. then there are other places that are, that are pretty close knit that, you know, wearing a mask is probably very appropriate. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, like, uh, going to the grocery store, what do you guys think about that? Or, or a big box store, or going into the pharmacy. What? How do you feel about that? Um, They're not requiring anything, as far as I know. But do you put the mask on or do you not at this point? More often than not, when I've gone out into, um, you know, heavily occupied places, uh, especially inside, I've been I've been putting one on. I'm thinking I'm fixing to start. Yeah, I, I really am. My my little boy just started school this year. It's his first year in school, and where there have been a lot more younger people coming, you know, contracting the virus and such. I I don't want him to have to miss out on his first year of school. He really enjoys it. I mean, it's already he's already you know wearing a mask every day in school, and so, so when he's with me or you know, I, having some leisure time, I I don't want to I don't want to risk him getting sick because I don't want to put a mask on. It's, it's an inconvenience, but that's all. I mean, it's, it's super inconvenient. I wear glasses, so they fog up. I, they fall <laughs> off my face sometimes. They've hit the ground. I don't know how many times as a result. Um, but if that's what it takes to not get a bunch of people sick, then, I mean, that's fine with me. You know, and like you said with your little boy, you're not going to ask him to wear it, and you're not. Like yeah. that's not fair either. You have to be an example for him. And he's five; he can't get it. He can't get vaccinated like I did. So, I mean, the options are very limited for him, and he's not in control of his own situation right now. So, I have to just be responsible and bless our little hearts. Yeah, I mean, the, it has it's, to break your heart to to see this whole thing. It, for him. Yeah, I bet. I mean, well, this isn't the type of world I thought he'd be born into. Right. But it is what it is, and I just have to do the best I can to to not make anything worse. And I think that's the takeaway is. Do whatever you need to do to not make the situation any worse than what it already is. Agreed. Well, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but I think <clears> it's a fair, uh, you know, from the things that, that our health commissioner is saying, um, he's asking people to do the right things. He's not mandating people do the right things. But and I don't think anybody's going to mandate anybody to do the right thing. I don't think, I think so it's going either. To just rely on everybody's own personal choices. But I think that, you know, if you... Um, I think last time I was in Columbus, which was probably three, two or three weeks ago, um, I'll bet you it was 60, 40 people I ran into that had masks on. Mm -hmm. So it's just on their own. Yep. So anyway, we digress, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go away anytime soon, I don't think. But we'll see. Um, we'll move on to some court news. Okay. Um, the case against Jason Rowland, um, who was a, who was facing a first degree felony count of rape and 
yeah, third degree felony count of gross sexual imposition, and these charges involve a female child victim who was four years old at the time of the crimes, was recently sentenced to life without parole um, in Jackson County Common Pleas Court. Um, his trial actually wrapped up on August 19th uh, with jurors deliberating for two to three hours and returning guilty verdicts on both of those counts. Well, that didn't take long. No, it did not. And mm. um, so his trial was scheduled to run through the 27th of August. Um, obviously, it didn't take that long. It ran uh, four days in total, and that's counting the jury selection. Um, so the sentencing hearing was held Monday morning, August 30th, and um, it was actually broadcast on YouTube through the Common Police Courts uh, channel there, but it, the audio was terrible. We couldn't hardly hear anything, um, okay. but I spoke with the judge on the phone uh, afterward and was filled in on, uh, on the uh, particulars of the sentencing. So he got life without the possibility of parole for the rape conviction, um, and then he got a separate 36-month prison sentence for the gross sexual imposition conviction, and that will run concurrent to the rape sentence. Um, and he is also forced, Roland is forced to register as a tier three sex offender, which requires a lifetime registration. Um, it's not clear where he's going to be placed uh, as far as the prison goes. Um, and of course, there stands, there's the chance that this will be appealed, at which case he'll uh, retain uh, separate uh, legal representation. He was represented in this case by uh, Gene Meadows. <laughs> who had, at least in the past, served as a public defender through the Ohio Public Defender's Office. Um, he also, re, uh, in the recent past... Uh, Didn't he run for something? Yeah, he prosecutor? ran... Yeah, he ran against Justin Levitt okay. in the primary for uh, prosecutor. And, um, I knew I knew that name from somewhere. Yeah. But uh, Jason Rowland had actually... He was a former Jackson resident, and he was actually the stepfather of this young girl. Um, he married... Oh, wow. He married her mother when she was about a year old, I think, and um, he and this woman had a, a daughter of their own. Uh, and these these crimes happened. Let me find the dates here. Yeah, they were said to have happened between August twenty sixth of twenty ten and August twenty fifth of twenty eleven. And uh, he so was a long time ago. A long time ago, and he wasn't. He wasn't indicted on these charges until June of 2019, and at the time, he had fled to uh, Seattle, Washington, and was living out on the West Coast, um, so he was extradited from there to the Jackson County Correctional Facility in early October of 2019. Wow. This was a very interesting trial, as short as it was. Um, during the second day of testimony, they had the witness come in and testify herself. She's now 15 years old. I was going to say, she, now she's a teenager, yeah. right? And I watched that, was able to hear uh, the testimony and, and watch her demeanor. Um, it was tell it, it was easy to tell that she was very uncomfortable. She was very um, uh, my gosh. For she she had a very visible tick. Um, she moved her head jerk in a jerking motion quite often. She laughed um, quite often uh, when it wasn't really appropriate at all to be laughing. You could tell she was very uncomfortable in general, Nervous. but her testimony was that she didn't think that Jason had done this and that she couldn't with certainty say that he was the person that did this. 
Um, but that is obviously contrary to everything that she had said before then. Um, within a couple of months of the accusations and when she first told somebody about this as a four-year-old, she was interviewed at length with um, an, a forensic interviewer, I believe in Ross County. And uh, that woman testified as well and said that she had no reason to believe that the, that the girl was making any of that up or that she was coached at all. And that oh. she obviously knew things, particularly about the uh, female and male anatomy that a four-year-old wouldn't typically know. Gotcha. And her story stayed consistent, uh, according to the prosecution, stayed consistent pretty much throughout the entirety of the situation. Um, and special prosecutor Jennifer Reed had been involved with this since probably, I think, 20, 2018. So for years. Um, this story has has been consistent. Uh, so I think that's what really got the jurors um, well, to convict the man. You know, I, putting a 15-year-old girl on the stand to talk about something that, number one, happened when you were four years old, and number two, that is, I mean, I don't even think questionably the most uh, bizarre and, and uncomfortable thing that could ever happen to you. And he's sitting... To, and, feet and away. yeah, he's sitting feet away, and to have to talk about that, um, I could see having a meltdown as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not that's that's rough. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of times in situations like this, testimony will be recorded and played for the jury. I was wondering why why yeah. she had to do that. I think she she must have volunteered to do it. Okay. Um, I don't think they would have made her do it, but Whew. yeah, it was her testimony was fairly short-lived um but yeah uh and during the sentence before the sentencing was handed down the the special prosecutor reed um, made a statement and basically said that she couldn't begin to imagine the trauma and the torment that roland had caused the young girl and that there was really no justice in this case for the child and that she hopes that she knows the victim that people believed her and fought for her for years so um, like I said, there's a chance that that'll get appealed. We'll see. But we hope for the time being, he's on his way to prison for the rest of his life. Wow. Um, another case, unfortunately, involving a four-year-old. Um, a mother and her boyfriend were indicted recently for the uh, for their alleged roles in the June 15 death of a four-year-old child. Um, they recently pled not guilty in Jackson County Common Pleas Court, and. Uh, the two individuals are 32-year-old Nathan Baisden and the mother's, or the child's mother, 22-year-old Jasmine Music, and uh, they were both indicted on charges of involuntary manslaughter, which is a first-degree felony, um, endangering children, a third-degree felony, and possession of a fentanyl-related compound, which is a fifth-degree felony. And authorities have said that the death of the child, who's named in the story, but I don't really think it's necessary right. to say it now. They believe that his death was caused by a drug overdose. Oh, my God. Um, so they were arraigned Tuesday afternoon, August 24th, and they both entered pleas of not guilty. Um, and they're both being held on bonds of $1 million, 10% cash, full surety or property. And um, they're both likewise ordered to have no contact with one another since, you know, both of their cases, though they're being tried separately, they're basically the same case just with uh, different defendants. Uh, Bayston is currently incarcerated here in the county at the Jackson County Correctional Facility, and Music is incarcerated out of county as Jackson County is unable to house female prisoners. So we will 
continue to follow that case as it unfolds and update you when we can. Um, and more crime-related news, uh, in Vinton County uh, Sheriff's Office deputies had a very busy day on Friday, August 27th. They had three, three incidents, and, and one, the first I guess I'll talk about was the, the chase. <coughs> there was a multi-county car chase. Um, apparently, oh, wow. Yeah, and it involved numerous law enforcement agencies. Um, let me find out exactly how many. I know it was Vinton County deputies, Ross County deputies, Meigs County deputies, Athens County deputies, um, highway patrolmen, and MacArthur Police Department officials all involved in this. And it all stemmed from a call of a reckless driver on U.S. Route 50 heading toward Ross County at that time. Um, so Vinton County deputies responded to that area, couldn't find anybody, and then later on got um, advised by the Ross County Sheriff's Office and the Highway Patrol that they were in pursuit of the same vehicle, um, who was, and at that time the vehicle was heading back toward Vinton County on U.S. Route 50 and was allegedly swerving toward oncoming traffic and running people off the road. So Route 50 is not the place to be doing no, anything like that. Not in between uh, Vinton and, wow. and Ross and Athens counties. It's a very windy road anyway. Um, so at some point, uh, spike strips were deployed and they were successful in getting that vehicle off the road after it blew a tire. Well, that individual tried to run away but was um, apprehended eventually by deputies um, who pursued him on foot, got him to the ground, and detained him. Oh, um, not good for him. No. The, in, the individual arrested was um, Austin Dougherty. He's age 30 of Logan, and he was subsequently taken to the Southeastern Ohio Regional Jail in Nelsonville, and he is facing multiple charges in multiple counties for, for so, that incident. So does anyone know why he was acting that erratically? No, um, not, not at this point. Uh, so I mean, it's one thing to be swerving or whatever, but like, it sounds like purposely running people off the road is a, that's sick and twisted. Yeah. He even actually, whenever they went to, to deploy the spike strips, um, a Meigs County Sheriff's deputy was the one that was doing that. And it was near uh, school lot road off of us route 50 and that vehicle actually swerved toward the deputy because he saw what he was doing but luckily the deputy was able to jump wow. out of the way um and the spike strip still got one of the tires so it brought the car to a stop so while all that was going on there was also <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny but you're like yeah, well, where are we right now yeah it was a, it was a twin peaks day in <laughs> but right across from the high school at um the Calvary Assembly Church of God deputies made contact with a, a female who had uh, been the subject of a call of a suspicious person over in that area. So when the deputies went to talk to this woman, uh, she was identified as Cheyenne Hansley. Across from what school? The high the school? Benton County High School. Really? Yeah, okay. And this is, her name is Cheyenne Hansley, and she's uh, 30 years old. She's out of Columbus. So while the deputies were talking to this to this woman, they could tell that she was trying to conceal a large firearm under her clothes. So, of course, they detained her and started to search her belongings, and they found a large uh, caliber rifle, a scope, um, a mounting tripod, uh, several magazines, but no ammunition. So there was no ammunition. Was she like an assassin or I, what? What is know. going on? And they also found uh, a, a suspected narcotics on her person. 
Uh, so, yeah. Um, across from the high school. Across from the high oh, school. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, luckily, like I said, she didn't have um, any ammunition on her, so I don't think oh, she would have been able is. to do. Yeah. I don't think she would have been able to kill or hurt anyone, hopefully, but uh, she was detained and she was later transported to the Southeastern Ohio Regional Jail. And she's facing charges of weapons under disability, considering carrying concealed weapons, possession of drugs, and possession of drug paraphernalia. And uh, during that situation, the schools, all of Vinton County schools were put on lockdown just as a standard precautionary measures uh, measure while deputies were investigating the matter. Sure. And uh, they were taken off that shortly thereafter. Um, and that's not all. There was yet another instance. Uh, this one's probably the least uh, concerning of all three. But uh, that same day, Friday, August 27th, uh, deputies were called to State Route 124 near near Wilkesville after a vehicle was reported stolen. Um, Do you so, think the sheriff's department was like, are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> and I mean, they, they were all over it. Uh, there was no there was no uh, wow. lapse in coverage at all. Um. But a witness had called and reported that they had seen uh, this uh, reported stolen vehicle heading down. Um, it was actually being pulled by another vehicle, and it was on a car dolly. But they, this vehicle was allegedly going down State Route 124, um, and then it, it turned down Hawk Station Road, and it was swerving and knocking down mailboxes on its way down Hawk Station Road. So the deputies go out to that area, and they follow the trail of uh, destroyed mailboxes, all the way to the residence of Terry McDonald on Hawk Station. He lives on Hawk Station Road. Thirty-nine-year-old, uh, thirty-nine-year-old <laughs> Wilkesville resident Terry McDonald. So they, oh Lord, have mercy. They get to that. They get to that <laughs> residence and they speak to this individual, and uh, they, they eventually find the car dolly and the stolen vehicle that he had quickly tried to stow away in some nearby brush, and, <laughs> and they. they Took him into custody and, of course, transported him to the Southeastern Ohio Regional Jail. God, um, is there any room left at the end? I know. <laughs> and it just so happens that this, this guy was out on bond on a receiving stolen property charge through the Vinton County Court oh, uh, at the honey. time of this crime. So um, additional charges are obviously going to be trial, uh, filed against this man through the uh, Vinton County Prosecutor's Office. Um, so, yeah. That was a very busy and productive day for the Benton County Sheriff's Office. The moral of the story is drive straight when you're driving a <laughs> stolen vehicle. They probably so wouldn't be able to find you. So that they cannot follow the trail <laughs> of busted mailboxes to your home. Yeah, probably Just so. saying. Uh, and the last little bit of news I have for you guys, uh, it's not crime or COVID related at all. It's actually pretty good news. Um, <laughs> okay. Jackson Mayor Randy Evans announced uh, Tuesday, August 31st, that due to a number of favorable bids, the city was able to add some additional streets to its ongoing uh, street paving project. That's exciting. Yeah, that is good news. So uh, the additional projects that were moved up from next year's paving list are Harding Avenue from Broadway Street to the bridge, Bridge Street from State Street to Main, State Street from High Street to Bridge Street, Ralph Street from Burlington Road to Main Street, and Burlington Road from Huron Street to the city limits. And um, just to let you know, uh, they are doing Harding right now because I tried to turn down it and couldn't oh, on my way. Yeah, <laughs> they were doing, morning. I think they were doing Ralph Street on Tuesday because I went okay. down that way um, at lunchtime and they, they had it blocked off. Boy, that I drove through to mail something yesterday and it was fantastic. I feel like somebody's blowing my phone up right now. 
Okay. Because you're a VIP. Usually when that happens, it's because somebody wants me to say something yes, up here, but that's right. not the case right now. Um, but Mayor Evans <laughs> is just so serendipitous, I suppose. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's, <laughs> it's, that, it's those guys from the Southeastern Ohio Regional Jail. Probably. Uh, but Mayor Evans wanted to give them. Of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mayor Evans wanted to say a big thank you to all the people that pay the city income tax because these paving projects yeah. are 100% funded by the revenue from the, the income tax. Yep. So that's a plain and simple thing you can see uh, from, from that. And he also wanted to point out that the State Route 93 and State Route 139 paving projects in the city are co-funded and managed by the Ohio Department of Transportation as their state routes. Um, that's so right. So wanted to give those guys credit as well. Yeah, and I did see as I was driving out, um, you know, past Pizza Hut, I guess, and toward the overpass there that they are uh, setting out cones. And, and I think they're working on those overnight, though. Yeah, yeah, from 8 so, p.m. to 6 a.m., I think. So you can still pass through. It may be down to one lane or whatever, mm -hmm. but um, they are working out there if you are wondering what the heck's going on. Yep. So... So there's your 50-minute news update from, from wow. this year. Phil is full of it today. <laughs> you don't see me for a while. I've been down there typing in my hole, so <laughs> my closet. T typing in his closet. No, we want to thank you for, for coming up and spending the time with us because there is a lot going on, and, um, and you know, this, this COVID thing, we we went so long and didn't have to report anything about it, and it was so refreshing. It really and was. Now it's kind of like, here we are again. I thought it was over with just the long, I mean, everybody did. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the case. I would love to not have to talk about it anymore or write about it anymore or think about it anymore. That would be grand. Yeah. Um, or get a call about it or, yeah. you know. Or get reamed about it because I got one of the numbers wrong. But I want to point out. Too, uh, in that story about the Vinton we need County our be numbers. nice shirts back on again. Exactly. Yeah. I want to say we did run an article in uh, the August twenty. Well, let me make sure I get this right here. Okay, we ran an article in the Saturday, August twenty eighth edition that reported on school numbers and um, long term care facility numbers of COVID related here in the two county area. Sure. And those numbers led every led me to believe, then I got those numbers from the coronavirus.ohio.gov website under the schools uh, dashboard and the long-term care facilities dashboard. Mm -hmm. So according to those numbers, uh, everything was more or less under control in the schools, especially. Till it wasn't. Yeah. And it, I mean, it had reported that, for instance, Oak Hill had four positive cases. Well, in talking to Dr. Shepard, the superintendent in Oak Hill, they have had zero cases. So we're... Where are they getting those numbers from? We're uncertain as to where they're getting them and why they don't match up. But there's a huge discrepancy, especially in Benton County, where they said they had only seen seven new cases, where whereas they have about 75. So I apologize Yikes. for that. Um, that, I thought, was about the one of the most reliable sources you could choose uh, for reporting on COVID numbers, but moving forward, uh, we'll just go with the individual school districts' websites, and we'll report those numbers. But even then, in me writing this story yesterday afternoon at about three o'clock, in mm -hmm. the time it took for me to go home and sleep and come back upstairs today, 
those numbers had changed again. So just understand that this is ever changing. Well, it's fluid. It, it it's, doesn't it just doesn't stop. So it's hard to get everything exactly the way it is because every you know couple hours it changes. But uh, we're doing the best we can to give you the most recent updates. Um, and anybody with internet access can can log on to these websites and check. If you have a kid in Jackson City Schools, go to the Jackson City Schools website. And same for Wellston, Oak Hill, Vinton County. They're doing, uh, in Jackson and Wellston, I know they're doing weekly updates to their figures. I think uh, Wellston does theirs on Fridays. Okay. I think Jackson does theirs on Mondays. Vinton County doesn't specify when, but I know at least three different times yesterday the numbers changed, and they had changed again today. So they're doing theirs more periodically, probably because of the mass amount of uh, cases and quarantines they have right now. So just just know that uh, we're trying to get the most recent numbers out that we can. Um, but in print, that's hard to do, and not so hard to do for our social media platforms and for our website and such. Um, but if you read a story that came out on a Saturday and you read it on a Tuesday, <laughs> those numbers probably aren't the same anymore. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. And again, just, you know, we've all been there and done this now. Just be kind, be patient, be nice. Just chill out. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you go somewhere and they ask you to put a mask on, put a mask on. Just chill out. Otherwise, this is never going to stop. Right. So as tired as everybody is of this, I think the more we take the right steps, uh, the, the sooner it'll all be over with. Please consider your vaccine. Um, if, you know, we're not telling you what to do, but please consider it. Um, weigh the pros and cons. And I got mine. I, I got it way back in uh, April. And yeah, I think we got ours about the same time. Yeah. I got the Johnson and Johnson shot. Actually, um, the same day I think we got ours. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and I mean I had minor uh, ailments later on that day, but I'll tell you this: I've been in direct contact with someone that has had COVID recently, and I've had no symptoms. I've had to uh, just be a little bit more careful with this, and so that I don't get somebody else sick in the event that I, you know, I'm carrying, you know, some of the germs sure. or whatever. But I got tested and I tested negative. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth, but I, I know now that it works. You know, and, and that was what I was talking with. And I don't want to get put words in someone's mouth, right? Yeah. So I didn't really want to get into it. But that was kind of what, you know, my discussion with Kevin Aston was yesterday is, you know, it's just, you know, all of these layers. So you're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, James is vaccinated. Like, you know, all of these layers of vaccine it gets to the point where it's relatively impossible for mm -hmm. all of us to pass it amongst ourselves. As we sit here, you know, today, I'm not saying anything, nothing's impossible. Right. You know, and there are these breakthrough cases and we, we understand that, but um, it, it's just, it's, that's getting the vaccine doesn't make sure that you're not going to, to get COVID. It's just very helpful. Yeah. In many, many different ways not passing it along, um, also not having the severe symptoms. And and then, of course, everyone wants to throw, well, there's somebody that got vaccinated and they died or whatever. Okay, well, I would like to know the statistics of that, though. Like, I mean, there's always going to be something out there. There's seven 
over 7 billion people on the planet. So, I mean, it's, it's statistically to impossible to have a group of people that, you know, are, are impervious to disease or, you know, even after vaccination, you can get a flu shot and still get the flu. It's been that way forever. That th- this there is, is exactly no magic that. shot. Yeah. That is, this is exactly is. what that is. There is no magic shot. And I understand why people don't want to. They say, you know, well, I haven't gotten the flu shot. And, you know, why should I do this now? I understand all sides of the argument. I understand people not wanting to be told what to do. Sure, or whatever, absolutely. But you're not. You're being encouraged to do this. And, you know, it's still ultimately your decision to make. And this but, is our opinion. Not, right, it is. Know, and, and just like when you read or hear something on, you know, national news, it, there's probably another news story that says completely the opposite. <laughs> you just have to do your due diligence as a citizen of this country and try to be as knowledgeable as you can about things like this that are this important. Um, it's hard to have time to do things like that. It's hard to do your research on every little thing. But something as important as this, take a little bit of time and read up. Yeah, and and Don't just read the first thing you read on Facebook no, and think that that's the... I can't even do that. I can't do that. I can't just you know look up one source and cite that one thing because there are varying opinions on numerous topics. It's a sprawling ever-evolving world that we live in. You have to do a little bit of research yep. before you make your mind up on things, sure. especially something like this. It's brand new. It and is brand new. And I, I guess I think the word, could it be like considerate? Be considerate of others. Yeah. Whether you're masking or getting vaccinated or whatever, I think you're being considerate of others more more than anything because they've said all along that wearing a mask isn't really you know it's it's protecting you somewhat from other people but for the most part it's keeping all that stuff that comes out of your mouth and nose away from other people's mouths and noses all you have to do is sneeze one time into that sucker and it'll scare the heck out of you yeah yeah i agree it'll gross the heck out of you too but you know you don't realize what flies out of our mouths until and noses until you wear a mask and that's terrifying yeah so. it's 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 just more about protecting other people it is especially the more vulnerable people and you know like i said this is all changing all the time where last this time last year we thought that kids were almost you know immune to this thing yeah and now i mean the the majority of these quarantines and cases in Vinton County are at the middle school these, you know, kids that are hard. like 10, 11, 12 years old. So as hard as I've seen this virus be on people that are grown adults, imagine being a, you know, 80 pound kid and have those same kind of symptoms sure. where they, you can't have the vaccine to make your symptoms, you know, less. It's going to hit them full force. And these are little kids. So just, if anything, keep that in mind. Keep in, keep in mind the fact that these kids don't have the option to choose to get vaccinated yet because it hasn't been approved. So they're they're this is kind of out of their hands and all in our hands. It is. We're grown a adults like we mm-hmm. should be doing our part to protect others. Yeah. Um, if nothing else. So that's our soapbox mm. for the day. <laughs> and if you don't want to get the no, vaccine, it's... I get it. You're you we live in a free country. Sure. That's what makes it a great place to live. I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. I this these are my opinions. And the opinions of uh, health, public health officials. Uh, so. Well, we're just asking you to consider 
the options. Yeah, because this I, I really truly believe that the sooner we all band together and do the right thing, that the sooner we can get back to our normal lives and have to stop talking about this crap. Because I don't want to do it either. I know. We want to sit here and talk about the Ohio State game and <laughs> yeah. like happy things and or weird things like yeah, you know. But unfortunately, it's starting to take control of the news cycle again. Yeah. So. Um, hey, James, do you have the weather pulled up? I forgot to print it off, but I can absolutely just tell you kind of what it is because it's absolutely gorgeous the next few days. Um, highs of 78 for today and tomorrow. Lows getting down into the 50s. So for your football Friday night, you better get those uh, sweatshirts out, your school sweatshirts and all of that stuff. Um Saturday, looking about the same, and Sunday, just a little chance of rain. And then on your Labor Day Monday, uh, highs of 81 degrees, lows of 59. So we do have those lows getting down into the 50s um, through next week. So I welcome it. I know. I think everybody does. It's, <laughs> it's time. It is time. Hey, how about we have a fall and it be 75 for like a month? I would be all about that. Somewhere between 65 and 80, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm After good. After 80, it might as well be 120. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I have I have sweated my weight so far this summer. I'm, yeah, I'm ready to stop it's, that. We're, we're ready for it to be over. And the humidity is just... Ah, uh, yeah. 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 So, no more. Please, no more. All right, Phil, thank you so much for spending the morning with us. I know that you're very, very busy. And um, we appreciate you taking time and uh, reporting all of the news that you know. Well, not all of it, because you know a lot. Yeah, I know a lot Probably more, more than... than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, no, we do appreciate it. And James, of course, behind the scenes, pushing all the right buttons and uh, making this thing possible. So thank you, buddy. All right. I uh, guess we'll be back tomorrow. We do have a special guest on the program tomorrow. Uh, Scott King will be here talking about um, some good he's doing yeah, for the military. A lot of the work he's done to try to get some people out of uh, Afghanistan. Yep. Uh, very, very awesome story uh, in this past, in yesterday's telegram. Yep, uh, here written, it is. Written by Alex Shope. Yep, thank you, Alex. Flip it. Bam. It's right there. Scott. But he's, he's, he's doing awesome work. Um, but yeah, I, I highly encourage people to read that and to tune in tomorrow to hear his story. Yep. Great guy doing good things. And, and, uh, we want to make sure that, uh, he's recognized for that. So, all right, we'll see you tomorrow, uh, with our good buddy and, uh, we'll, I guess, chill out until then. Enjoy the weather yes. <laughs> and we'll see you right back here tomorrow on Friday. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.